heart of Arlington, there's a progressive movement taking root. Restorative justice. I'm Hesedek Singh, and this is the Arlington Amp Podcast. Ever since I've learned about restorative justice, I've been fascinated by this philosophy, which has been gaining momentum all throughout the US as an alternative approach to addressing crime. I was even more surprised when I discovered that Arlington has a couple of different initiatives based in restorative practices. One of the organizations implementing these measures is a nonprofit called the Center for Youth and Family Advocacy. I sat down with its CEO, Devanji Patel, to understand more about what restorative justice looks like in Arlington. I started off by asking her to explain what restorative justice is all about. Yeah, so restorative justice is a philosophy that um, originates in the um, black and brown communities, right? And so it's First Nations, Indigenous people, um, they uh, use restorative practice in a way um, to ensure that their communities stay healthy, right? So when something happens in a community, it understands that a ripple effect happens. So recognizing that you know harm ripples out and, and needs to be addressed in a way that um, we honor uh, and, and to the best of our ability repair the impact of that harm on everyone that has, uh, you know, to use the word again, been impacted by it, right? And so um, it's, it's a, a, a culture-based philosophy. And so we use that specific philosophy in our work to help people take accountability for their actions, right, to give voice to those who have been impacted and understanding that one of those people, persons, is uh, the person that we have identified as the one that has caused the harm. But also to meaningfully reintegrate and um, reinforce community values. Okay. Um, what sets restorative justice apart, in your opinion, from traditional approaches? Yeah, I mean, retributive justice, right? It's 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 what we use in our traditional um, juvenile legal system in our in our criminal legal system. It's one in which um, we have defined what um, consequences could look like, right, in any given circumstance, and um, we when we break one of the rules that we've agreed to, a law that there are consequences, and oftentimes those consequences are punitive, right? They can be monetary consequences, they can be carceral consequences, but it doesn't provide the type of opportunity that restorative justice offers in terms of helping somebody really understand the nature and impact that their actions had on others. It's real uh, retributive justice really does focus on um, repairing the state, right? Because that's who the the contract is with. Retributive justice, which focuses on punishment, is a problematic approach when dealing with juvenile offenders. Records created through contact with juvenile court can follow kids for years, even into adulthood, and can have significant consequences down the road, including for education and employment. And it's not clear that the traditional approach is even working to reduce crime. Recent data, straight from a report to Virginia's governor and general assembly, paints a bleak picture. In 2019, it was reported that more than 70% of young offenders were rearrested within two years of their release. The conventional method also disproportionately impacts young people of color, 
who are two and a half times as likely as their white peers to be referred to the juvenile justice system. As litigators working on child welfare issues, Devanchi and several of her colleagues had already been feeling a strong pull to shift their work towards addressing the root cause of these cases through community-based prevention. But Devanchi remembers one especially tough case, in which a young person who dealt with many of the issues I mentioned ended up with a long prison sentence. At the end of that case, uh, after you know decades of experience uh, in these systems, we believed that we needed to create something that focused on creating off-ramps for young people so that they do not become system-involved. And so we have um, a couple of intervention strategies. One is called Promoting Empathy Through Equitable Resolution. That's our peer program, as well as the Youth Peer Court, YPC. And so both of those programs look at helping young people who have done something that's caused harm to someone. And um, we use restorative justice as a way to be able to um, correct and address that harm. Um, uh, what are your main objectives for um, Center, the Center of Youth and Family Advocacy? So, you know, one of the things that Arlington has committed to uh, a long time ago and that SIPA also believes in as well is empowering youth, right? So everything we do infuses a large um, youth component to it. Um, our programs, PEER and YPC, are youth-led programs. Um, when people come through those programs, when they're trained as ambassadors um, through that program, then they are also trained in a space to be able to hold restorative conversations. They're taught about, um, you know, racism, particularly anti-black racism. So they're trained to be able to hold difficult conversations through our campaign to amplify racial equity. Um, in all of these spaces, it's important to understand, you know, how what our history has looked like, so that we can address um, moving forward how to um, rectify, how to reckon with the way that our legal system works, right? My next question is, who gets to be a facilitator, you know? Um, What do they do? So our peer program is our traditional restorative conferencing program. Um, So in that space, our peer ambassadors, the ones who have been through a formal training program, Um, and have had in-person training as well, they are allowed to co-facilitate with a trained restorative practitioner. Um, So in that space, they will work through a restorative referral together and, and prepare to hold that conference together. The key ingredient of the peer program is guided facilitated dialogue that takes place between all the concerned parties, including the person harmed, the young person who caused the harm, and their parents or legal guardians. Every case is different, and the restorative plan developed by the parties is tailored to address the needs identified through the restorative process. Needs are unique, but can include things like a letter of apology, community service, or return of missing items. In cases in which the person harmed isn't available for whatever reason to participate in the restorative process, there is another option youth peer court. In our YPC program, it's a little bit different. It's our um, a peer court. And so our young people who are trained in those programs are able to stand in the space of legal professionals. In the youth peer court, youth ambassadors fill several different roles in the restorative process. One ambassador has a primary goal of helping everyone understand the nature of the harm done 
and what might need repairing. Another ambassador functions kind of like a defense attorney, standing in the corner of the young person who caused the harm and helping to uncover any mitigating circumstances or unmet needs that contributed to the harmful act. Another, called the fact finder, helps bring all the involved parties to a plan of action to repair the harm done. All of this, of course, is overseen and helped along by a trained adult. In both of these programs, participation is entirely voluntary for all parties, and each requires a person who caused the harm to want to take responsibility for the impact of their actions. Can you explain how students get referred? Is it just by um, the police or are there other members or what are the exact criteria? Yeah, so if you, if a young, it's a young person under the age of 18, right? So um, a juvenile legal system referral um, would typically be any person under the age of 18. Any person can refer a young person who's engaged in harm in Arlington County to CIFA for evaluation for peer or YPC. So it can be a person, a parent, it can be a neighbor, it can be a school official, it can be now the police department, it can be the court services unit, any person. So we're excited to announce our most recent partnership with the Arlington County Police Department. And in that space, um, what we, what our goal was, what our goal has always been is eliminate the on-ramps or the entry points into the legal system. Um, And so what we're doing with Arlington County Police is we're training police officers to understand how these programs work, what restorative practice and philosophy is. Uh, So when they come across young people who fall within the criteria for being able to be referred into our programs, that we can make those necessary referrals and keep kids out of the legal system. Um, So could you explain how your project fits into the larger efforts by Arlington County to implement restorative justice? Yeah, thinking about adolescent brain development, thinking about the severity of of the harm that's that's that we're you know the, the offense that we're looking at um, there are specific and, and certain things that really do not require entry into the legal system and perhaps even police resources at all so what we're looking at trying to do is shift community culture away from um, reliance on these types of resources and allowing community to Um, regain its power in many ways to be able to address things that are happening amongst community members by community members. Got it. Um, Restorative justice emphasizes repairing harm and building relationships, as you said. So can you share a specific success story or just a general example of how these practices have positively impacted or just an experience of a youth or family in Arlington with restorative justice? Um, You know, the thing about... Well, one thing is all of our processes are confidential, so we don't... um, we don't share those um, stories, and this type of work has benefited um, many people um, in many different ways, right? So, you know, in peer, where we can bring people together and specifically address what happened and the impact um, that 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 harm has caused on another person, you can see the shift and the changes in people when they are sitting across from each other through facilitated dialogue and having those conversations. I think even when people are going through, when young people are going through our training programs, they're going through our, our academies, um, there's information they didn't know. It's information that's new to them. And whether it's discussions on trauma, whether it's discussions on race, power, privilege, or bias, whether it's even just discussions on how our legal system works, um, you know, they there's um, an awakening. Um, so, you know, 
in the training spaces there are there's impact on young people the other thing is again when when a person has gone through our program and they are now holding a restorative conversation with others um, you can see the impact that it has uh, when a young person is leading others right and so um, the, the philosophy allows us to examine different difficult topics in a way that um, f- brings down defenses and provides opportunity for meaningful discussion. Um, looking ahead, what are your long-term visions for the growth and sustainability of restorative justice programs in Arlington? Yeah, um, I think the, the hope, the overall hope for Arlington County is that um, what may what we may see now in terms of um, community building um, and rebuilding is that we do people do feel like they are connected here. And so our work is to try to expand that, amplify that, so that you know every person in Arlington feels connected to others, so that we are a, you know, I think you hear one Arlington, but we are a a community that cares for one another. Relationships are an everyday commitment. So um, we hope to be able to be an organization that stands in a space to be able to provide opportunities for that everyday commitment. That was Devanshi Patel from the Center for Youth and Family Advocacy. You can learn more about the programs offered by SIFA on their website, cyfadvocacy.org. Thank you for listening to the Arlington AMP podcast. This story was published as a part of Arlington Independent Media's Youth Journalism Initiative. You can learn more about that at arlingtonmedia.org.